Boost Your Motivation to Learn Hard Things, written by Scott Young, July 2020. Throughout this week, I've been sharing lessons as a lead-up to a new session of my course, Rapid Learn. Already, I've shared how you can quickly extract the best insights from a huge topic, the perfect studying routine, and how to get better at the things you do every day. The difficulties we have in learning aren't just about strategy, however. Sometimes you know exactly what to do. You just don't do it. So let's try to understand why motivation can stall and how you can redesign your learning efforts to make them the best part of your day. The three problems of motivation. I see three common patterns to the problem of motivation. One, drive. You don't have a strong enough reason to learn. Two, anxiety. You have too strong an aversion to studying. Three, distraction. You have something else that motivates and tempts you more. When you have a lot of learning to do, but can't seem to motivate yourself to do it, the problem typically falls into one or more of these categories. First, problems of drive. Without a drive to learn, it's very hard to get started. Weak drives can include expectations from family members, teachers, or employers. The things you need to do, but don't want to do. The problem here is that these drives can often be satisfied by avoidance. Placating parents is much easier to do by putting in a half effort than really trying to get good grades, so what you end up with is apathy. You can flip this, of course, but you need a compelling vision to get you started. In Rapid Learner, we spend the first week on designing a project. A big part of this is to create an inspiring goal to drive you forward. If your project doesn't excite you, all of the learning advice in the world won't help. Two, problems of anxiety. Sometimes you have a drive to learn, but end up procrastinating anyways. Why? In this case, it can be an inverse of the previous problem. Instead of lacking reward, you worry about punishment. Fears can be a failure, feedback, or performing. Fortunately, we have a lot of research on anxiety. If you can expose yourself to the thing that you find unpleasant and nothing bad happens, the response of aversion tends to diminish. So if you have anxiety when you're getting tested, you can do practice tests in a similar environment, and this will help diminish that anxious response. I often find reframing helpful. So if you begin each studying session with the idea that you're going to get all the questions wrong anyways, or you do your first practice test with the idea that you'll fail it, or you open your flashcards with the intention that you're going to forget the first 10, you change how you view the task. Expecting it to be hard and thinking of failure as being normal, you take the sting out of starting. Third, problems of distraction. If your tendency to do something else is stronger than to study, you'll get distracted. And this is particularly true in our current environment where attention-stealing mechanisms are stronger than ever. Distraction isn't always an evil, however. Putting a book down because it got boring isn't a failure of willpower, but a recognition that in a world full of unread books, should probably stick to the interesting ones. Switching projects too can be useful if a new goal matters to you more. The problem is when distraction becomes compulsive. Those same mental subroutines that drive you towards greater rewards and help you avoid boring subjects can backfire when the rewards you're switching to turn out to be superficial. The solution is to build a walled garden for your mind. Create rules and constraints that prevent toxic distraction without disabling 
what those mental algorithms were made for. So here are some that I find helpful. First, set time limits and caps on all digital distractions. So in my case, my vice is Twitter. I love using it, but if I don't constrain it, I'm on it all day. So leech block, screen time, and other app blockers all exist for this purpose that let me use it a little bit, but don't let it dominate my timetable. Second, one project at a time and see it through to the end. One month is a good length of time to use because the cost of sticking to a dud is fairly minimal, but you can still make significant progress in 30 days. Third, never quit on the uphill. So distraction and anxiety can work together. Your urge to do something else can arrive conveniently when you have to do real work. Making a rule for yourself to say not quit when you just got a recent question wrong prevents stopping for the wrong reasons. Today's homework, engineering enthusiasm. So today I want you to look at your motivation to learn and see how you could cultivate it. How could you increase your drive? How could you make your current learning goals more exciting? How could you reduce anxiety? How could you make the path ahead less painful, even if just by reframing the goals and tasks you have to do? Third, what are some steps you could take to eliminate distraction? What rules could you make for yourself that prevent distraction without nullifying spontaneous curiosity? Go to the comments page for the original article and write your response. Rapid Learner reopens next week. Rapid Learner is my six-week course I instruct teaching everything I know about how to learn better. We typically offer a few sessions per year. The course is broken down into six weeks. In the first week, we cover your project, how you can create a compelling plan for learning that you'll actually stick to. Simple changes to your plans can make you vastly more likely to succeed with them, and I'll show you how. In the second week, we'll switch on to productivity, how you can study without burning out, how to build the habits of getting your work done calmly and efficiently without stress and procrastination. In the third week, practice. We'll do a deep dive into efficient learning theory, every tweak and tool I know of to squeeze the most out of your limited learning time. Four, insight. How to understand things more easily, backed by the science that makes it work. Week five, memory. Remember anything better with proven techniques. Six, mastery. How to go from success with a single project to an entire life of learning. The path of being a polymath, if you choose to take it. If you've enjoyed my articles, listening to my podcast, or read my book, Ultra Learning, this course provides the system to take it and put it into practice. I hope to see you in class when registration reopens Monday. Even if you're listening to this long after I've recorded it, which I know is possible, you can go to Rapid dash learner dash course.com to find out about our next session thanks for listening to this episode more episodes like this can be found by searching for scott h young podcast on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify soundcloud stitcher overcast and most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone if you've enjoyed this episode please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it more of my work can be found on my website, scotthyoung.com. Thank you.